Day. And indeed, this is James Golden. You are welcome to join our program. And of course, today is Mark Stein Day. Mark Stein will be with us shortly, as he is every Tuesday. And we so look forward to hearing from Mark. Uh, The name Brendan Dowling is not a household name. It will never be a household name in most quarters of this city. But there is somebody that will never forget him. Uh, Mr. Dowling, age 40 years old, was on the J train on Sunday. Now, he is another career kind of not nice guy, career criminal. Mr. Dowling approached a 41-year-old Asian man who was just sitting on the train, minding his business. The train was um, just near Essex Street, Essex near Delancey, near D Street. And all of a sudden, this Mr. Dowling, 40 years old, slashed the Asian gentleman with a razor across the face. Later, he was seen throwing an object onto the tracks. Police later recovered the razor, or a razor, from the tracks. It should please you to know and to know that Mr. Dowling is out on bail again. The Daily Mail, which ran the story, has a headline that says, Just what does it take to get jailed in New York City? Serial criminal awaiting sentencing for assault with a deadly weapon is bailed out yet again after slashing Asian subway passengers' face with a razor. That's a long headline, but that headline is quite accurate. I went to visit the New York City Council's website. And after searching for a few minutes, I found an article posted on that website, Dateline, New York, New York, April 9th, 2019. The New York City Council today passed legislation to eliminate fees associated with paying bail by credit card in New York. And this is just one part of the big reform. And um, you have all these New York City Council people like Keith Powers, Rory Lansman, Adrian Adams, Andrew Cohen, Ben Carlos, Helen Rosenthal. All of these people. Mark Traeger. Alika Ambri Samuel. Stephen Levin. And their groups, their their support groups like Zero Profits Coalition. You have all these people just hallelujahing up to the sky. Praise, praise, praise for this bail reform act. Nothing but praise. Oh, it's going to make a difference for those who struggle to come up with the money to pay the average misdemeanor bail or $1,000 or felony bail of $5,000. What an extra 20 or $100 could mean the difference between spending days in jail and not. Oh, they're so compassionate, so loving toward the criminals. 
U.S. City Council, mostly Democrat. There may be four, five Republicans on the city council, but pretty much it's a Democrat party machine. Are ecstatic with what they've done to you, New York. They are ecstatic that they've let these criminals out of jail so that they can slash people with razors, so they can push people on subway tracks, so they can follow young, vulnerable women in their apartments and unmercifully beat them to death. They're so proud of their work. These New York City and New York State Democrats are ecstatic that they have made life easier for the criminals. Now, these serial criminals won't have to stay in jail. No, no, no. They won't have to endure the hardships of life behind bars anymore because, you see, our compassionate Democrats let them out of jail and made sure that they didn't have to pay any money because, you know, 20 or $30 could mean the difference between staying in jail and being free and being loose so that you can commit even more crimes on the people of New York. I would love to hear from one of these council people if they had the guts to call into this or any other radio show on WABC and explain their actions to New York. Explain their thinking, please. They make these laws. They unleash hell upon the city of New York. They unleash hell upon taxpaying innocent citizens. They unleash evil into their lives, and then they go into hiding. You don't hear from them. They praise themselves, they pat themselves on the back and talk about what wonderful people they are and how we're moving toward a more righteous and and equitable society, even as the serial criminals continue to ply their trade, which is criminality, and to hurt an innocent people, whether it's men, women, children, whatever, they don't care. But, oh, they're good people. And they never, never have the nerve to stand in front of you and explain their thinking. November's coming. You should get rid of as many of these people, politically speaking, as you can. I saw something. It was from a bunch of uh, people from the, the CBC, the Congressional Black Caucus, I, used to, I loved Rush's nickname for it, the Congressional Black Caucasians. Um, <laughs> they were standing out talking about, oh, they have to act. They have to act, and they have to act quick. You know what they have to act about? It's not anything going on with Ukraine. Not exactly. It's because the Russian state is holding Brittany Griner or Greener in custody, and the Daily Mail has this. This is the basketball player that many people have pointed out was one of those on her knees denouncing America before she got busted in Russia for having allegedly having weed, and now she's in jail over there. And so the CBC today is like, oh my goodness, we have to get involved. We have. Wouldn't it be nice if the Congressional Black Caucus or the Congressional Black Caucasian 
so showed the same urgency toward getting involved with New York City's failing schools or the failing schools in their neighborhoods all around the country, the neighborhoods that they're supposed to represent. Wouldn't it be nice if they had the same urgency about getting these career criminals off the street so they wouldn't continue to prey on people in these neighborhoods? Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if the Congressional Black Caucus actually did something to demonstrate that they really cared about the communities they're supposed to represent instead of always showing up when there's a camera? Oh, well, this is a famous basketball player now. So we have to. She was over making a million dollars, apparently, in the off scene playing for the uh, um, a Russian team, for one of the Russian oligarchs. She had a cannabis-filled vape pen. And that's what uh, allegedly she was carrying. And the State Department and the Congressional Black Caucus and, oh, everybody's, oh, we're going to try to get her out. We can't have her in jail in Russia. See, the Russians don't play this crap with no money for bail. This is a little vape pen. They wouldn't even take you to jail in New York for that. They wouldn't take you to jail in most places in the United States for that anymore. And 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 believe it or not, one of the first rules if you travel internationally that you are supposed to learn is that once you're outside of the United States, guess what? You're outside of the United States. Other countries have laws, and most countries, unlike the United States, don't turn a blind eye to their own laws. I mean, how many of these shows do you have to see on TV about American travelers getting busted overseas and, 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 and sitting in these gulags for years before they get out? Anyway... Congressional Black Caucus is worried. They got to get the, the, the kneel down female ball player out of jail because, after all, there's urgency there. And there's urgency there. We have to get her out. We have to do this quickly. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77. When we come back, the one, the only. Can't wait, especially because it's International Women's Day. And you know there are women internationally right now just yearning, yearning to hear his magical voice. That would be the one, the only, Mark Stein. Don't go away. We're coming right back. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. He's always mistakenly British. Teen Crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, presents Mark Stein. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Mark Stein. I must tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there is a picture today in a news, uh, it's a news story, and the picture has women holding up signs in a foreign language. I've had it interpreted, what those women, the signs say, bring us Mark Stein. We want the Stein man. (laughs) 
Yes, that's uh, that's uh, that's great. That's lovely to hear. <laughs> I'm I'm always uh, heartened to know there are any real women, so-called. <laughs> Uh, women, cis, what are you meant to call them now? Cis women. I find it's so perilous in singles bars these days. You think, <laughs> I'll celebrate International Women's Day by just uh, going into the singles bar and picking up a nice international woman. And you all, and it's, uh, and it's like someone who's six foot four with a very pronounced five o'clock shadow. And it's the, uh, whatever it is, it's the Penn State Ladies Swimming Champion or whatever. That's right. And she wants to know if you'll swim with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Want to take that's, a dive in the pool with me? Yeah, yeah that's one deep dive. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd be coming back up from that. Um, oh, but, goodness. But there's, yeah, so I, I find, I treasure women. I think they should be on the endangered species list, the way things are going. Well, and they may be, and especially if they're in Afghanistan. Um, that's one of the things. Oh, before we even get there. Mark, last week, you have to begin to tell people where they can find you on television. Mark, you lit it up. Your, there was a clip of you that went viral last week. You were on one of the best, it was one of the best monologues I have ever heard you do, and I've heard you do incredible monologues. We talked about it here, and it's on YouTube, and people can just search it and find it on YouTube. And you really should, folks. It's unlike anything else, the four horses of the apocalypse. I mean, yeah. goodness, Mark. Well, I, I just started. These, these, the, these last two years have been so weird, and we, ex, we have accepted things that we wouldn't have entertained for a moment in February of 2020. and But just the last two years have been so weird that we're now living with all kinds of things which would have struck us as totally bizarre before. And I did think there was an element of biblical prophecy about it in that we, we had the pestilence in the form of the virus and now we have war in the form of uh, Ukraine and now we have famine in the empty supermarket <laughs> shelves and the, whatever it's up to now, it's like $14, $14 a gallon for gas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, no, wait, that was in the morning. Now it's $23 a gallon. <laughs> and so... Uh, and I and it's not it's not really uh, it's not really funny at all because the, there is the sense that everything is actually spiraling out of control here and I I so I, you you wake up and you find uh, Joe Biden is taking questions a man who shouldn't be taking questions on anything except what his favorite brand of tapioca is but instead he's taking questions on the likelihood of nuclear war <laughs> and it's okay for him because whatever he says he'll have forgotten the answer 10 minutes later. he'll be back in the basement with the tapioca watching murder she wrote but it's like uh, for the rest of us we have to live with his answer oh <sighs> Goodness, yes. So where can people find you on TV, Mark? Let's do that early. Oh, uh, well, you can you can watch from anywhere on the planet uh, at uh, gbnews.uk. And I'm there at, uh, what is it, 8 p.m. every night, uh, Greenwich Mean Time, which is 3 o'clock Eastern. Now, the Afghanistan women are feeling betrayed. And it's not just International Women's Day. They are feeling betrayed every day of their lives. They've been handed over back to the Taliban. Thank you very much, Joe Biden. 
all of the freedoms that they have are now in jeopardy. Their lives, in some cases, are in jeopardy. And what do you make of the, the, the long-term future for the Afghan women? And then I have a, a, another question for you about nation building. Well, I, I mean, I think it doesn't get any more basic than the situation they were in in the uh, fall of 2001. It was illegal for them to feel sunlight on their faces. I mean, it doesn't get any more basic than that. We're not talking about, oh, you know, what percentage of women get to sit in Parliament or anything like that. It was illegal for them to feel the sun on their face. And uh, America went in and fought with great inventiveness, you know, using GPS in the skies uh, to call down the position to Afghan men on horseback who would then, uh, who would, you know, then uh, radio in the position and get the fellas, the other guys droned. It was all very brilliantly fought. The war, toppling the Taliban was brilliant. And then we spent 20 years throwing away. Uh, that victory. And uh, these are the victims of it. And I do think it's sad because uh, they're, they're, I mean, I will, I'll say this because it's International Women's Day and I'm in an indulgent mood. When you get them out of the burqa, a Afghan women are some of the most beautiful women on earth. Uh, Kipling uh, thought that and lots of other guys uh, did too. And to see them actually denied the opportunity to live their lives to the full because of the stupidity, the blundering stupidity of NATO. The same guys now, NATO, the same guys who are playing nuclear brinksmanship with Putin just managed to lose to goat herds with fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, so that oh. seemed so, but that, but that was six months ago. So everybody's forgotten, and now we're ready to go toe to toe with the Red Army. I mean, I, I just. But there are real victims to this stupidity, and I I think of uh, I you know I think of Afghan women that I've gotten to know over the years and all the rest of it, and I I think of ones who managed to get out and ones who were thrilled at uh, the opportunities they opened up. But I honestly think, you know, it's a terrible thing to hand, to be there 20 years, hand everything back to the Taliban, and for those women to face the recriminalization of their lives so that once again it will be illegal for them to uh, feel sunlight on their face. And the Taliban are playing this brilliantly. They're doing all this, you know, the way in the 90s, uh, Bill Clinton, New Democrat, Right. Remember, he used that yes, label? Yes, and, yes, yes. Mr. And, Centrist. Yeah, and Tony Blair used the label New Labour. And I, and I said at the time, back in the 90s, this is ridiculous. What's next? New Taliban. <laughs> well, the, these guys, these guys are doing the New Taliban thing. They actually say, oh, yes, no, we, uh, we're not, we don't, we don't believe in, uh, you know, we don't believe in imprisoning them in the burqa 24 hours a day, maybe just uh, 23 hours and 40 minutes, because we're New Taliban. Uh, and, and it's, uh, I mean, I honestly think, I, I, I can't believe, when I listen to people like Lindsey Graham calling for people to take out Putin, you know, I just think after Afghanistan, you, Lindsey Graham, need to actually, and you particularly, Lindsey Graham, need to go into a basement, close the door and not come out for 30, 40 years and have a real think 
about the purpose of war, uh, the purpose of armed forces, the idea of strategy, the idea of war aims, the idea of goals. Because right now you're just a gibbering idiot. You want boots on the ground in 200 countries. <laughs> I just couldn't have said it better. Now, Joe Biden, this is from AmericanWireNews.com. Joe Biden has released one of the 911 hijackers. This was this guy was thought to be he wanted to be the 20th hijacker and he's going to re- receive psychiatric treatment back over there in Saudi Arabia. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Isn't that lovely? Saudi Arabia is renowned for its psychiatric oh, treatment. Oh yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have and, this, and, and by the way, they treat you very swiftly. You've got a you've got a problem. Yeah, yeah. It, the problems from your neck up. Oh, we have a solution. We'll take care of that. Yeah, the problem is all in your head. <laughs> that seems easy to solve. No, I had. The, I actually. Um, I actually. I didn't meet him, uh, but I saw him uh, when I was at Gitmo many years ago, and I actually talked to the psychiatrists at Gitmo. Uh, who were there to monitor, monitor whether the uh, the Gitmo detainees were getting depressed. And I said, well, how do you do that? Because they're suicide bombers, so they're by, by definition, they're suicidal. <laughs> and maybe in this case, they're actually suicidal because you're not letting them commit suicide. <laughs> and... Uh, and and the guy and the psychiatrist goes, that's a very interesting philosophical question. <laughs> and so the idea that after, so after monitoring him for twenty years now, they're releasing him back to the Saudis for psychiatric care. That's fantastic. Uh, it's I, I don't know. New York is the home of psychiatry. Why don't Why don't they uh, fix him up with uh, Woody Allen psychiatrist? Yeah, maybe he figure? can go to maybe he can go to the, the new Freedom Tower. Where yeah. there used to be the twin, where there used to be the twin towers. How about yeah. that? Yeah, on last the top, one on the top floor. Yeah, last one, Mark. The uh, the Biden White House has said finally, after Nancy Pelosi and all the Democrats were witching at them, they finally said, "Okay, we're going to ban oil imports from Russia." Now we get three percent of our oil from Russia, so now Russia's to blame for these high gas prices. <laughs> Because we get a whole 3% from them, don't you know? And uh, why do you think that Biden waited so long? And what what effect do you think this is going to have on the situation in Ukraine and Russia? Well, I do do think it's going to... To make... uh, I mean, uh, I looked this... It was up over 130 bucks uh, a barrel uh, when I checked an hour or so back. Now, it was $50. It's three times what it was when Joe Biden took office. And I was thinking about this the other, because people keep making comparisons with the 1930s, but we're actually far more stupid than the 1930s. You know, uh, Neville Chamberlain uh, was mocked, is mocked now, for appeasing Hitler. We're way more stupid because people, politicians like Joe Biden, are basically appeasing Greta Thunberg. So (laughs) we've made Vladimir Putin enormously wealthy in order to appease Greta Thunberg. 
I mean, which Neville Chamberlain, that would have blown his mind. So you've, <laughs> you've made your enemy rich enough to invade anywhere he wants to invade because you decided to appease a 13-year-old Scandinavian schoolgirl. I don't get that. I mean, that makes no sense in geopolitical terms, but it's what everywhere, it, it's what Joe Biden's doing, it's what Angela Merkel did, it's what Emmanuel Macron did. Oh, yes, we have to, we want to, we want to, we want to appease the climate gods. We the only one that's the, the only world leader and that stood up and told the truth about this and took the heat, of course, from the entire left, the international left, was Donald Trump, who basically yeah. said, no, 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 this global warming, forget it. Let's get on, let's drill for oil, and let's, let's, let's become energy independent. Yeah, and, and the thing about it is when you, when you supply your own energy... You know, you may, yes, you may have an ugly coal mine somewhere on the edge of town or whatever. Yes, that's true. But when you just offshore it so that you're getting it from, oh, Maduro in Venezuela, you're getting it from the uh, the, the hand choppers in uh, Saudi Arabia, you're getting it from Putin, everywhere is worse. All the options are worse than just being energy independent. And the problem is that, what, for example, that guy who was just sprung from Gitmo, he was ran radicalized by madrasas built by the Saudis because they were flush with oil money. Uh, Putin is invading Ukraine because he's flush with oil money. Stop your, when, stop your moral narcissism. Uh, Bill Maher, he wrote a book, When You Ride Alone or something, you ride with bin Laden about how we shouldn't be driving cars. The fact is, when you ride with Greta Thunberg, you're ultimately riding with Vladimir Putin. You're making him rich enough so that he doesn't have... So all the stuff you're doing, oh, we're banning Pornhub. Pornhub's pulled out of Russia. Russians will have to make do without Pornhub and will actually have to engage in social relations with uh, other actual human beings instead of sitting around watching porn all day. Well, whoop-de-doo, because the fact is all that's rubbish, and as long as you're enriching Vladimir Putin with the oil and gas money, he can invade anywhere he wants to. Mark Stein, brilliance as always. Thank you. We look forward each and every Tuesday to hearing from you. GB News TV. And Mark, I got to tell you, you knock it out of the park so often. It's just, I don't know, just standard. Thank you so much, Mark. Hey, well, it's always a pleasure to, to, to get at least part of the old EIB team uh, back together with you, James. It's, uh, it's terrific to be with you. Thank you much. WABC Talk Radio 77. It is International Women's Day, and we are celebrating it here on WABC, as you will hear shortly. Don't go away. Today, 77 WABC celebrates International Women's Day, and we're celebrating all day long, recognizing the contribution of women of all ages around the world. 77 WABC. For Women's Day, respect. Now that's Reed, that's the Queen. Written, of course, this big hit for Aretha by Otis Redding. That's right. Okay, we have some news. You know, um, New York City... And I'm, your calls, I see your calls. We're going to get to them really quickly, as soon as we can, okay? 
But I just want to get to this. I want to get to two more stories. Um, New York City businesses and residents are going to see a change uh, shortly. There was a bill approved by the city council, the same city council that let the criminals back on the streets to terrorize you. There was a vote in December by the same city council, and Mayor Eric Adams let this thing go into law instead of vetoing it. It prohibits employers from posting job listings without minimum and maximum salary information. So they consider this is going to be hit. So once again, you have most of these city council people who, if you ask them, have they ever met payroll in their lives, you would be surprised how many haven't. You would be surprised how many of them never put themselves in the position of a small business person or a business person, yet they think that they are almighty. They think they know how to run a business better than the people who actually make this city work. So now they've imposed this new regulation. And they're going to see one of the one of the city council people, this guy Macaulay, says the law is not meant to be a gotcha or onerous. Of course it's onerous. You people know nothing but adding more and more chores, more and more paperwork, more and more rules and regulation on businesses. Of course it's onerous. So I I have a suggestion to you employers. From not because they are trying to do a gotcha, okay. So from now on, you have to list these jobs. You have to list a minimum and a maximum salary. The minimum salary, why don't you list it as one dollar, and the maximum a million, depending on your age, your experience, depending on your experience and your merit and your job history. Oh, but you know what? You can't ask a person their salary history in New York because the city council has already banned that too. These people are ridiculous. These Democrats, these people are just petty tyrants. That is what they are. I do want to talk, whether we get to it today or not, about the so-called don't say gay bill. Now, this bill is headed to Ron DeSantis' desk down there in Florida, and it has been the subject to a lot of misreporting. Basically, what the bill says is, look, if you're a teacher in school, you can't talk about sexual orientation or any of this stuff while they're in the first through third grade. Leave the whole sex thing out of it. Teach the basics. And if you're older, then you have to do age appropriate if you teach. And, of course, the liberals are having a hissy fit. There's a move on right now to boycott Disney, despite the fact that Disney dumps millions of dollars a year into gay causes. Right now, some of the activists want to boycott Disney because Disney didn't condemn the bill. Well, here's another story to keep in mind while all this is happening. This story is in the New York Times today. Children are severely behind in reading. The fallout from the pandemic is just being felt. We're in new territory. These three stories I'm going to hold on to until tomorrow. Oh, but there's a fourth. In Wisconsin, there's a school district which is openly teaching their teachers, training their teachers, that parents are not entitled to know if their kids are trans. They have to earn the right for the school to tell them information. And pretty much what's going on in Wisconsin, they're saying, hey, look, when you send the kids to us, they're our responsibility. You parents don't have any rights anymore. 
like that. So we'll talk about more of this tomorrow. I'm going to put these stories aside because what is happening in education, and look, I don't want anybody to, to misunderstand something. You know, I'm not anti-gay. I'm not coming from there. I'm not coming from that position. Here's what I am. Most kids don't even know about their sexuality, and in, 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 in most some adults don't even know about it in a responsible manner because they don't mature. But definitely children in the first, second, and third grade, are you serious? What is this move to fill their heads with all of this stuff? Why? Why? Why are you people on the left insistent upon filling them with sexuality from the moment they step in school until the moment they're out? That's not your role. Leave it to the parents. It's not your place in society to do this. Anyway, let us head to the telephones. James Golden with you here on WABC. Rhonda, South Bend, Indiana. Welcome. How are you, Rhonda? Well, I'm doing good, and I wanted to actually thank you for the email that you sent all of us subscribers yesterday about how it's not the time to panic. You got me to thinking, uh, well, goodness, there are plenty of reasons to panic, and you just listed a number of them on your show, but you made me think about fear and how it works. And one thing that came to me is that um, fear seems to be the fuel that lets tyrants prevail. It's certainly the tool that they use to manipulate and control. But if a populace refuses to be afraid, they're much harder to control. So then I was thinking about it. I'm one small housewife in flyover country. I mean, I'm caffeinated, so I'm not without my resources. (laughs) But what... (laughs) What, what can I do? And it reminded me of one of my favorite, all-time favorite conversations that I had with Rush while he was still alive. One day, Rush and I spoke about fear, getting free of it, and how the opposite of fear isn't so much faith, that it's love. And the reason I came to that decision was because of Many, many, many years ago, a man named John wrote these words, it's perfect love, a strong, mature love that casts out fear. So how can I do that? I'm not a politician who can make change in the world that way. But the only thing I know to do, James, is to refuse, number one, to give into the fear, to push back at fear every chance I have, and to offer as much love and light and strength as I can to those around me. And the love I'm speaking of is not a fluff love. It's, it's a tough love. Sometimes as the mother of four sons, three of whom are adults, I know about tough love. It says, no, it sets boundaries. It's, it tells hard truth sometimes. So I, that's what I'm doing to the best of my ability to try to help my fellow Americans resist the urge to give in to fear and to hold on to hope and courage. And if you have concrete ways or other ideas and suggestions, I'm all ears. Rhonda, as usual, what an awesome inspiration to hear from you. We're short on time, so I want to run now. But just wonderful to hear from you. And I'll tell people about that email when we get back. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77, coming back in one moment. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, is on 77 WABC. Simon brings us back here. Remember, right after this show, Nobody 
And that's right. Cats at Night comes up right after the show. Make sure you keep it here. Now, what Rhonda was talking about, I do a twice-a-day email blast with news stories so that people can find hear what's going on, jamesgolden.com. You can sign up for it if you want, jamesgolden.com. And thank you, Rhonda, for that. And one of the things that I did today, we, I put a message at least once a month or every few weeks on them. And today, I remember the last time that someone called in, the very last time Rush took the question, um, is it time to panic? And Rush's answer was really simple. It will never be time to panic because we can never give up on America. And that had that just left a profound impression. Speaking of profound in, impressions, Mark Stein always, the brilliance just pours out of that man. It's amazing. One of the things that Mark said was when those burkers are off, whenever you see pictures of, of Afghanistan women, they're among the most beautiful women on the face of the earth, and that triggered me because it was a cover I remember seeing ages ago when National Geographic was still the thing, and they had a cover shot of an Afghanistan woman on there with no burqa, and I'm telling you, it was an iconic photograph. I'm sure that some of you may remember it too, but then you think about this. There are beautiful women all over the face of the earth. And there's nobody as beautiful as the woman that you are totally in love with. And I don't care whether you guys age together, whether, um, you know, what it is. She's always beautiful and will always be that in your eyes. So happy International Women's Day. And we hope that you all are really women here are feeling appreciated. Mike in Pennsylvania, welcome WABC Talk Radio 77. How you doing, James? Three things. Um Sad but glad that Alan West didn't get the nomination for governor for Texas for Republican governor because now he can think about the presidency. Second of all, you were talking about the Burkas, and I remember Obama, he made a speech to the Muslims. He was apologizing to the Muslims for what we did, and he said, in America, you can wear your burqa. And then he went on, and I said, hey, why don't the idiots say, and in America, if you don't want to wear your burqa, you can but he was appeasing the Taliban at all when he said that. He would never say, in America, you don't have to wear your burger, you know. And the other thing is with Greta, baby, why hasn't she been on TV yet to go, Mr. Putin, you... Oh, we lost him right when he was getting in. Mike, thank you so much for the call. Let's go to Eric in New York. Eric, what is on your mind this afternoon? Hey, uh... Two things. One, I just wanted to let you know, yesterday you misunderstood me. I, I thought that Americans should learn Spanish, not the other way around. Ah, okay. That was, uh, that, that was the one thing I was trying to get at, is that if we became more multicultural by learning Spanish, it would also explain our, our actual brain activity, which would be good for us anyway. But um, the second thing I wanted to get at is, you know, the problem with this whole either or, if we don't, if we shut down... Vladimir Putin, our gas has to go up. It doesn't have to go up. We could, A, tap Alaska or Texas, but I had a better idea. What if we just stopped making seven different grades of gasoline and just made one grade of gasoline? You have winter blend, you have summer blend, you have high test, medium test, low test, E85. Why can't we just make plain old gasoline? Because the environmentalists won't let you. Because they have successfully, and by the way, the rules are different in California than almost everywhere else on gasoline in the nation, which is one of the reasons 
In some cases in California, it's up to $7 a gallon now. I wish I could feel sorry for the good folks of California, and I do feel sorry for those that resist the resistance in California. But for all you California liberals, hey, this is what you voted for. We hope the rest of us look on. We're not that far behind you. We're at $6 a gallon in some places, $5 in others, heading up to 5 in others, because as Eric said, we do have all these blends of gasoline. But for those of you in California with $7 per gallon of gasoline, it's what you wanted. Enjoy it. And we'll just keep our eye out for you and hope that we don't got to go to $7 a gallon here. Thanks for the call, Eric Manny, New Jersey. What is on your mind this afternoon? Yes, Mr. Golden. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was listening to your commentary regarding our drill music, and I couldn't agree, agree with you more. It's, it's horrible. I actually looked it up, and it's, and it's worse than I thought. Well, thank you for that, for that call. Now, for those of you that don't know what he's talking about, this is the continuation of what we used to call gangster rap. Now drill music is an extreme form of violence. That's all it is. And when people, what is drill? Well, instead of I'm going to kill you, it's I'm going to drill you. I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to drill you. And so now it has a whole genre around it. And I will tell you this. There are record executives across this country. Some of them work for major American corporations who put this trash out, who support these these so-called rappers, who support these people, and they would never let their kids bring this trash into their own houses. But they think it's okay to flood this stuff in communities all across the country. This stuff is, it's almost, I want to say it is the height of immoral, um, immorality, but liberals do so much that it is just another one of the immoralities that that liberalism has brought. When you have, look at what is happening in the streets of America today. I don't bring in all of the stories that I could. Some of them are so distressing. There was a story that I came across two days ago, 12-year-old girl on her way from her birthday party. She had on the, the tiara and all the rest of it, shot dead, caught in, in, a, in, a, in a crossfire. She's not coming back, and this is commonplace. It is so commonplace in America today that this can happen, and most of us won't even hear about it because this is what Chicago is like. This is what it's like to live in Chicago. We hear about New York, the cases of the the people walking around slashing people with razors, beating people with bats and iron pipes, approaching innocent women, following them in their houses and battering them to death for no apparent reason, strangers. And with time and time again, we see, we see that these acts are being done by people who have no, absolutely no respect for the sanctity of life, who don't acknowledge that there is a creator, who don't acknowledge that they will have to answer for their deeds, and they're not going to answer for us no matter how much prison time we give them. And at the same time, we see liberals' response to it. Let them out in the streets. Let them do this again. Let them keep doing it. We see liberals' response to the borders. Let them in no matter what. And every time an American citizen gets killed by someone that should not be in the country and someone wants accountability, 
they call them names. Oh, you're racist. Oh, you're pointing out that they're illegal. You shouldn't do that. That's that is that is xenophobic. Liberalism is the culture of death. It is not only the culture of death. It is the culture of wanton immorality. And that's what we're facing. And so it is no wonder that the music, the art that is coming from these streets represents the filthiness that has been allowed to permeate in these people's minds, hearts, and souls. But I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. This is not the final stage of American life. We have an obligation to help turn this around in these cities. We have an obligation to help turn this around in the nation because we, America, we are better than this. This, Obama always used to say, that's not who we are. It's not who we are. This is not who we are. This rampant evil, this immorality that's on display in every single venue of American life, from the entertainment venue to the judicial venue. This is not the best of America. We are so much better than this. And so it is our mission to defeat the liberalism that is the root cause for this evil that is afflicting society. We are Pennsylvania. We are Connecticut. We are New Jersey. We are New York. We are the greatest city in the world. And this is America, a a nation like no other. We are and will be again the shining light for humanity. God bless each and every one of you and protect you and your families. And please, God, look down with special favor on those people, those brave, courageous people suffering in the Ukraine. John Katz up next. Keep it here on WABC. We'll see you tomorrow.